What has been the biggest mistake made during the Steve Cohen era for the New York Mets? We'll discuss that on today's show. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today, we are discussing big mistakes that have been made during the Steve Cohen era. If there are any and how many have been made in the first segment, I'll really outline some of the roster decisions that could have made been made differently. Uh, second segment, we'll look at uh, just sort of the philosophical view of this franchise and how that impacted the decisions that were made and where opportunities could have been missed. Then in the final segment, we'll talk about the mistakes that weren't made because this ownership group was in place, things that were done that might not have been done under previous ownership. Before we get to any of it, though, I'm your host, Ryan Ficklestein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter, Ficklestein Ryan. You can also find some of my writing at justbaseball.com where I work as the managing editor. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off your first purchase, last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now on today's show, I really wanted to focus on the Steve Cohen era as a whole, last three years. And where have the Mets made their biggest mistakes? Because you look at the Phillies, and here's a team that's a win away from back-to-back World Series appearances. and a team that's been built through free agency primarily. Yes, they've made some good trades over the last couple of years. There are some prospects on the roster that have uh, you know, come up and, and contributed big roles. Bryson Stott, probably the most prominent one. Alec Bohm over at third base. They have Rojas in the outfield. Suarez in the rotation. There has been certainly some development that has led to where they're at, but the the core of their roster has been acquired through free agency. Bryce Harper, Kyle Schwarber, Nick Castellanos, JT Ramuto, a trade, then uh, you know, re-signing him when he hit free agency. It, it's a team that was constructed in a very similar way that the Mets were trying to build their roster the last couple of years. It's not the Braves route of a lot of homegrown stars. It's more, you know, putting a bunch of pieces together and finding the right combination that works. And the Mets just haven't done that in the Steve Cohen era with all the resources at their disposal. So I wanted to look through and see where have the mistakes been made. So we start in the 2021 offseason, right? When Cohen first came in. Look at the top of that free agent class. George Springer, JT Ramuto, and Trevor Bauer. Those are the three guys that were at the top of the market. Trevor Bauer, that's a disaster the Mets were lucky to avoid. George Springer missed a ton of time in 2021, had a 732 OPS this year. Money that I think the Mets are probably happy it's not in their books. Rio Muto is a big mistake, and I think it's one that we'll be exploring throughout the show. That was uh, an area where the Mets went with the cheaper option in McCann, uh, which certainly was not the right signing, and it's money that's still on their books moving forward. And when you look at the money that is invested there, and the difference on what Real Muto has provided for the Phillies and the fact that he remained with a division rival, you could have poached him and taken a player off their roster the same way the Phillies have done to the Mets a lot. Yeah, it's a pretty big mistake. 
And I do wonder what the 2021 Mets look like if JT Romuto is their starting catcher with Francisco Lindor at shortstop. If that was the move that the Mets had made, that they're a better team. I think in 2022, you can make a real argument. Put Romuto on the Mets with all the other players on that roster. How much better is that team? You know, I think, you know, it's a certain, like, like is Romuto worth one game? The Mets won 101 without him. How would that have affected what else they did that offseason? I don't think it really changes anything. So I, I look at that one, and that's one we're going to kind of explore throughout the show because that's a clear sign where the Mets didn't get the top guy that they could have for a clear position of need. Now maybe it's okay because you have Alvarez, but you know it's three seasons now that you could have been benefiting from Muto being your starting catcher. The deadline that year, the Mets make a mistake that should they have gone for it more. Considering the collapse that they had, they should not have. Now you can have hindsight and say, hey, they should have kept Pete Crow Armstrong. And yeah, probably should have. But I will, to the defense of the Mets at the time, you know, kind of understand the thought process in the fact that Steve Cohen wanted to make a splash for his fan base without sacrificing too much of the future. Javi Baez was the player that his star and Lindor was advocating for. And to Baez's credit, he was great for the New York Mets. His stats after that deadline are actually comparable to UNS Cespedes in 2015. But the team around those two players could not have been any more different. And that's why Baez only had a year with the Mets and there was no uh, love affair that had, had spilled over that put the Mets in the position to make a bad contract decision on him. Like they ended up doing with Cespedes all those years ago. Um, but yeah, I mean that trade, if you look at what Trevor Williams provided and what bias provided it, as bad as it is in retrospect, it's not as giant of a mistake as some make it out to be the 2022 offseason. Mets go on to win 101 games. It's hard to poke holes in that offseason and really look at the two off seasons from Billy Epler. His moves have all been pretty solid. In, in spending and free agency. Marta Escobar Canna for the 2022 Mets, it worked. Max Scherzer for the 2022 Mets, it worked. Chris Bassett as a trade, really great acquisition. Adam Adovino as a signing, really good. Now, this year, Escobar, not great. Marte, not great. Scherzer, not great. Didn't keep Bassett. Some would say not great. I'd say Kodai Sango was better. But hey, I, I still don't see any mistakes there that were made. That's the point. The deadline, 2022, yeah, a lot of mistakes. Daniel Vogelback trade. In retrospect, you'd probably rather have Colin Holderman, although Vogelback did provide what you needed at the end of that season. Darren Ruff, disaster. Tyler Naquin, disaster. Michael Givens did nothing. Falls under the philosophy of trying to win now without sacrificing the future, not wanting to give up the top-tier prospects, but you do have to wonder in retrospect, let's say the Mets put Brett Beatty on the table in 2022. What more could they have gotten? It would have pushed them over the top to win that year. We'll never know. We'll never know. But what I will say is the 2022 Astros were really good. And I find it hard to believe that any Mets team would have beaten them with what they could have done at that deadline. And ultimately, whenever you're buying at the deadline, you're more likely than not going to lose the long-term deal because the prospects you give up in a lot of cases, especially if it's a blue chip prospect 
are going to end up being more valuable than the rental that you pick up. And so the fact that the Mets didn't make those moves, it just has a more stockpiled for the future. And so while those were mistakes at the time, I don't know if that's still quantified as, as big mistakes that, that have sort of put a stain on the Steve Corner up to this point. Look at this past offseason. Let Jacob DeGrom walk. Good move. Resign Edwin Diaz, Brandon Immo, solid. Justin Verlander, Jose Quintana, Kodai Senga, Tommy Pham, all good signings. Trade for Brooks Raley, good deal. Resign Adam Adovino, and then they made the right decisions at this deadline. So over the last three years, we're going to get to this a little more in the next segment. The biggest mistake was probably Real Muto, but I want to go through sort of some of the other philosophical things, the manager, the GMs, and just you know where could the Mets have done things differently to have gotten a different result? So that's what we're going to get into next. Before we do, though, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. The NBA season is tipping off this week, and if you're like me, a big basketball fan, you want to go out to a game, and the best way to do it is to hit up Game Time. It's a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets. So you're going to get the best price guaranteed. You can stop stretching on the tickets, start getting hyped about having fun at the game. The Game Time guarantee means you're always going to find the best price. So if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, they're going to credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seats before you buy so you know the sight lines and exactly what to expect when you arrive. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Just two taps, you're all set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. You can snag tickets without the stress by using Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now, as we look at the last three years of the Steve Cohen era, yes, the Mets have failed on the field, but I think the question is, have they failed in their direction? Have they made massive mistakes that are going to come back to haunt them? You know, you can look at those trades that we were, were outlining before, Pete Kerr Armstrong, Andy Rodriguez, and the Joey Lucchese trade. He became a top prospect debut with the Pirates this year. Hector Rodriguez in the Tyler Naquin deal seems like a, a pretty big blunder. Who knows what any of those prospects for Darren Ruff are going to turn into out there. But those prospects haven't been realized yet, and, and I can't pin too much on that. The Real Muto signing, I already touched on it. It was a mistake. That could have been the difference. It really could have been in 2022, and I think there's a, a better chance that that would have moved the needle than anything that might have been able to acquire at that deadline. But, you know, they ultimately have been trying to thread a really tough needle. And you look at where they're at now. They just fired Buck Showalter. Was it a mistake to hire him? No, he won 101 games. Was it a mistake to keep Rojas on the first year and not have um, a manager search then? I don't think so. He never got a real chance, and they gave him a full shot. And I think there was so much to do that offseason that looking for a manager just didn't fit what they were trying to accomplish in such a short period from when the sale was made to having to build out a roster. You can look at 
the model of building around Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander. Was that a mistake? Well, 2021 or 2022, it wasn't. This year, it was, but they turned those contracts into value. So if it was a mistake, they corrected it. The reason why I wanted to get into mistakes so much is because you see a Phillies team, again, that feels like it is uh, uh, littered with Mets mistakes. You look at Kyle Schwarber. Would have been amazing to have him on the Mets roster the last couple of years just to have that power threat. And Nick Castellanos, even, you might say that. But he was so bad the previous year. And considering the vibes of the Mets team this year, I mean, Castellanos probably would have just been a complete waste on a Mets roster, in my opinion. Look at Trey Turner. Was that a mistake to, to not sign him this offseason? He wanted to play shortstop. Wasn't an opportunity. They invested in him to play center field. Never wanted to do that again. So, again, not something that you can blame this regime for. And the Schwarber thing, it was Robinson Cano's money that held that thing up. Now, could they have blown past it? Maybe. But it's not the type of mistake that I think changed the Mets' fortune to the degree that they would have won a World Series. Now they didn't. Look at the last regime, though. Look at the mistakes on the Phillies roster from the last regime because the best player, the best pitcher on that team, one was a Met and one should have been a Met or would have been a Met if Steve Cohen was on the Mets. You think that if Steve Cohen had bought the team back in you know 2018 that Bryce Harper wouldn't have ended up in a Mets uniform instead of Phillies uniform? You think that he wouldn't have outbid that contract that it's looking like a steal now? I think he would have been on this Mets team. Not his fault, though, that Cohen wasn't given the opportunity to buy the team earlier. That goes back to the Wilpons, who also led Zach Wheeler out the door, which I can't say enough how much that one frustrates me, considering how much I was all over that in 2019. Just, oh, please extend him, extend him, extend him, extend him, trade Noah Syndergaard. Please do it. Keep him around. This guy's going to be awesome. And now I have watched him become the greatest postseason pitcher of this generation, which seems a little bit overstated until you look at the numbers of how unbelievable he has been. Of that whole generation of Mets starting pitchers who you thought were destined for greatness, it's the guy that wasn't on the 2015 team that might end up with the best career. Funny how that works. You look at Paul Seawald being the closer of the Diamondbacks, a misrun tenure where he was just never managed properly on the Mets, was always just out there in mop-up duty. They never saw what they had in him. He's gone on to become a closer for other teams. The Justin Turner mistake of the past, Wilmer Flores, Daniel Murphy, guys that they either pushed out the door or didn't welcome back when they should have. The last ownership group made mistakes with regularity. And if you juxtapose them, to what you've gotten with Steve Cohen, it's nowhere close. The biggest thing that has hindered the Mets in the Steve Cohen era is the franchise he inherited. It's that simple to me. That's not to say this guy has, has done no wrong. Yes, there's other things the Mets could have done. And look, if they don't win under David Stearns with the resources he's going to be provided with and the farm system that they have, yeah, you know, you can start pointing the finger at Steve Cohen. But ultimately, I look at this franchise and think that 
most of their issues come from the past and the future is so bright because of what they've had presently the last couple of years under new ownership. And I want to get into that a little bit more and how bright that future is and the mistakes that were avoided that would have been made in the past had the Wilpon still been in control of this team over the last couple of years. So we'll get to that in a minute. First, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. We are a few games away from the World Series. If you have yet to make your postseason debut, you got to go to FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you join today, you'll get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to create your new account. Then you can get in on the action from the first pitch to the last out. I know all of us are rooting against the Phillies in the game tonight. Here's the deal. Maybe you bet on them because, hey, at least if they win, you get a little money for it. And also, you can bet on everything at FanDuel from strikeouts to home runs. So you look at that band box they have out there, put a little money on Bryce Harper to hit a home run or Kyle Schwarber, and you can win big. And if you don't want to wait the whole game to get a W, predict what will happen in the next at-bat with quick bets. You can win that way as well. Head on over to FanDuel.com slash locked on right now. Step up to the plate this postseason with $200 and bonus bets guaranteed. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner, Major League Baseball. Before we discuss the mistakes that weren't made by the Mets over the last couple of years because Cohen has been in charge, I want to tell you about becoming a Locked On Mets insider. This is a new way where you can communicate directly with me via text and get updates from me via text about the show, about anything that goes on with the Mets. If a player was cut, a player was traded. If I just have an interesting stat that comes across when I'm doing some of my research for the show, I'll share that with the Locked On Mets insiders to get the inside scoop. All you have to do to join is find the link in the description today uh, of this episode at subtext or go to subtext.com slash locked on Mets. Join the Locked On Mets insiders. I'm really enjoying getting to know uh, some of the listeners a little bit better. Now let's discuss uh, the mistakes that weren't made, right? Because you go back in time and say, hey, the Wilpons side to hang on to this team. Well, here's a mistake that clearly would have been made or an opportunity that wouldn't have been presented to the Mets. They never would have traded for Francisco Lindor and signed to that extension. That has been probably the best thing that Steve Cohen's Mets have done. He is clearly one of, if not the top shortstop in baseball and more than worth that investment. Now, if the Wilpons were in place, Brandon Emmo, Edwin Diaz, they're walking in free agency. Would they have re-signed Jacob DeGrom? Probably not, but that was a mistake that was avoided uh, you know, by this Mets regime. If they had brought him back, it probably would have been an issue. I still hate it. I wish Jacob DeGrom was healthy this whole time and never had those issues and got to be a Met forever, but hey, it's in the past at this point, and you look back and history is kind to the Mets in that regard. If the Mets did not pivot at this year's deadline, that would have been the biggest mistake they have made in the Steve Cohen era because they'd still have Verlander and Scherzer on the books and they would not have gone into next season as a clear favorite. I mean, you sit on paper, sure, they're great, but clearly the value that Verlander and Scherzer had on the trade market was so much better 
than they had on this team for the rest of this season and for next. This team was not one of the World Series with those two guys this year, and that significantly cut into the value of that investment. And by trading them, not only did they get three top prospects, they also got an extra $45 million to spend this offseason, which they can certainly reinvest and bring in two more pitchers. Of the caliber of Verlander and Scherzer hitting their ceiling, maybe not, but with upside on guys that are younger, who maybe have less of an injury risk, who could step up in the biggest moments more than these two guys have, because it's not like either of them has put together fantastic postseasons up to this point. For Scherzer, only have one opportunity. We'll see what he does in a game seven. Reverlander, he didn't pitch great in his most recent start. So clearly that was a, a big win for this organization at the deadline. It could have been a mistake. It was avoided. They did the right thing. They sold. Now they've been able to hand the keys to David Stearns with the great farm system, with all these resources, and they're in a good position moving forward. We'll see who the manager is. We'll see what moves are made. But if you really dissect the Steve Cohen era and you think about what could have been done differently and what the results have been, I don't know if there ever was a realistic path to winning a World Series in the first three years of ownership. And maybe that was the mistake, right? Maybe the mistake was thinking that you could. But if you were really honest with yourself as a Mets fan, you think about the last three years, would you have preferred that Cohen came in and said, we're just going to sit back. We're not going to do anything right now. We're going to build up the farm. We're going to trade some pieces. No, you wanted him to go for it. You were excited in the first half of 2021 when the Mets were in first place a bunch with Jacob deGrom putting up an MVP-type campaign and Francisco Lindor being on the roster. He wasn't great in the first half, was better in the second half. But still, there was a moment in time during that season where you were happy with where things were going. Tailed off. 2022, we all look back at that season and it, it – it ended putting a bad taste in Mets fans' mouths, and rightfully so. But if you really remember what it was like to watch that team series over series, week over week, month over month, how they were just consistently awesome, that was a great season that you got in a three-year window where the Mets had no business winning anyway. Now this year, a historic disappointment. I'm not sugarcoating that one. It was an awful existence to be a Mets fan this year when it just comes to watching the actual baseball team. But you come out of it with a revamped farm system because they made the right decisions, acknowledging their faults at the deadline. And it ends hiring an executive that everyone believes is going to turn this thing around. So I look at the three years of ownership from Steve Cohen here. And while the Mets certainly you know, would have liked to have done more winning. The goal was always try to win in the short term. It might not work when in the long term. And because I think they're positioned well to still win in the long term, I think the successes outweigh the mistakes that were made. Because if I look at the last three years of ownership and the only thing that I think they could have done differently that would have drastically changed things, is trade for JT Ruamuto. And even with that, I don't believe they, again, 2022, maybe they win the World Series with them. I, I don't know. 
I don't I don't think so. I, I think they maybe go for a deeper run. They, they probably hold on and get a bye and win a division title, which would have meant something. But again, I don't think it's a World Series. And then I look at the next two years. I think James McCann's still in the book this this next season. So maybe you call it what was that like seven and a half million? That's off the top of my head. So maybe call it a thirteen million dollar difference from what the Mets are going to be paying, you know, McCann and Alvarez compared to Real Muto. But I think moving forward, the catching position is not an issue. It is the grander point I'm getting to here. So we'll see how things continue to, to unfold. Hopefully, the Phillies don't win the World Series this year. If they do, it's going to be uh, not a lot of fun for Mets fans to watch. But you know what? All you can hope for is that the Stearns in place over the next five years the Mets can squarely become a better franchise um, that is a perennial contender. Not necessarily just a better franchise than the Phillies, but just a franchise that can no longer uh, you know, be put into that category of a laughing stock and instead, instead considered one that's a model franchise that um, other teams can be envious of. So we'll see what happens, but Overall, I give Cohen a pass for uh, a large portion of the the wrongdoing or, or the um, lack of success that he was able to come up with in his first few years of ownership. It's going to take some time, but I think he's gotten more right than he's gotten wrong. Anyway, that's going to be all for today's show. I'm going to be writing my off-season outlook for JustBaseball.com uh, today on Monday, so we're going to do something around that sort of setting a course for the Mets offseason, really a, a blueprint of what needs to be done for this team to get where they want to go next year. So make sure you subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, follow wherever you get your podcast and check that out. If you want to be one of the Locked On Mets insiders, you can do so by finding the link in the episode description. Uh, follow me on X at Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show at Locked On Mets. And of course, game six, only thing to say, let's go D-backs.